Welcome to Real Health, Real People. I'm Heather Crawford. And I'm Sarah Frappier. And we're here to talk about real health for real people. Is it over? Today we've been together all day. We have been together majority of the day. Welcome <laughs> to those of you that haven't been with us all day. This is Real Health, Real People. I am Heather. And I am Sarah. I wonder if I'm sure they can tell the difference in our voices. I think so. Yeah. Can you? Can You can't respond right now, but can you who, hear? Who is talking right now? Or right now. <laughs> or also right now. <laughs> I know they can tell a difference in our laugh. Or in our laughs. And, and I got told by someone that I am the more serious one. I just got told that I giggle a lot, which I do. Yeah. Because Sarah makes So me apparently laugh a lot. I'm the serious one and then you crack a joke and then we laugh. <laughs> no, Sarah's not serious. It's funny. Yeah, how did I get picked the I more serious know. one? But this was just one person's perspective, so funny. I don't know. So email us at realhealthrealpeople.com and tell us what you think. <laughs> or realhealthrealpeople at gmail.com. And tell us who you think the silly one and the serious <laughs> one is. Or are we both just out of our ever loving minds? Yeah. That's the way I see it. I see us as being equally silly to serious yeah. ratio. Well, I think Sarah's smarter than me. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Just, Just because I studied things. different things doesn't make me smart. Smarter. <laughs> I just read lots of books. I like to read fiction, so. <laughs> oh, different. don't get me wrong. I read a lot of young adult <laughs> dystopia type novels. I and love dystopia type novels, but you're not a young adult. I know, but I read them anyway. <laughs> well, the day they make grown-up adult dystopian right. novels, there might be a genre. I don't know. But I like to be able to read stuff like that and not have to put any thought or exactly. effort into That's it. why they're so good. It's or like I'll listen escape. to them in my car, yeah. like audiobooks. Because if I listen to something too educational I or drab... I listen to an audiobook. Really? Mm-mm. I like them for long car trips. Like, I'm about yeah. to take a long car trip next week, and i got to make sure I have I'm some audiobooks. I'm sure I would like it, because I love to listen to podcasts. It's the well, same They're really kinda. entertaining. Yeah. But sometimes, you know, I'll listen to my podcast, then I'll get a good book, and then you get all invested. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, my drive's over. <laughs> now I have to wait till my drive back to hear what happens. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Oh, I'm going to take a drink of water. Oh, such a segue. <laughs> did you do that on purpose? I did. Did you? But I'm also thirsty. Oh, okay. Well, it'll serve a dual purpose. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about water today. Water. There's a lot, again, Another we try to pick really hot button popular topics. And there's a lot about water. Yes. Should we... Filter it? Should we tap it? Should we drink the bottled, drink the water. bottled water? What about pH? There's just a lot about water, which is funny because it seems like such a simple thing. It does. Because what do we always say? Drink water. Yep, drink water. And then we complicate everything. Yeah, we, when we say drink water, there's always that dot, dot, dot in the back of our mind like, but what kind? But where <laughs> does my water need to come from? Ah. Um, and I travel a lot and I always, you know, you can't take your water through security anymore. So you got to always buy a bottle of water once I get in there, which I hate buying bottled water anyway, but in the airport, you know, it's like $7 yeah. for freaking bottled so water. 
I traveled continuously for two and a half years when I worked in pharma. I traveled to different hospitals. And I got, it was a flat oh yeah, yeah plastic, yeah. instead of a water bottle, mm-hmm. it was like this flat thing. And it rolled up and it was like the size of a... Was it like silicone? Yeah, I actually probably have it somewhere or somewhere, but it like rolled up and I could I could like fit it in my pocket. Nice. And then I'd go through security and then refill it. In the if you pay fountain. attention, there are water fountains everywhere. Yeah. Again, I don't know what kind of are water fountains filtered. I was wondering that. I think some might be. Yeah, I mean I know they're cold. Some might be filtered, hmm. but you know. So then I'd fill up my water pouch. Yeah. And then I wouldn't have to pay $7 water, even though I technically wouldn't have been paying for it. My company would. Right. But still. I mean, then I I could get water wherever I wanted. And when you're traveling, too, you don't want to carry a big water bottle everywhere. It just gets annoying. And you don't want to have to pack it if you have just to carry on. Yes. But yeah, so we're always saying, drink that water, get that water. And does anyone know how much water we're supposed to have a day? They can't answer. (laughs) It's um, half of our body weight in ounces. Yep. So it's different for every person. And a lot of people just immediately say eight glasses, which is a good rule of thumb, but it is different for every person. Because eight is 64 ounces. Yeah. So, yeah, half your body weight in ounces. Yep. So if you weigh 200 pounds, you should be drinking 100 ounces of water every day. Yes. I really love, I have this app on my phone called Waterminder, and it reminds me all day to drink my water. Like, I put in my height and my weight and my activity level, and it gave me my water goal for the day. And it's super fun. You get to watch your little um, person. Your little avatar. Yeah, fill up with water. It's so cute. So, what about plain old tap water? You know, I we've heard a lot that don't drink the tap water, don't drink the tap water. And there's actually some counties around us that have gotten... Um, their residents have gotten notices in the mail for real, don't drink the tap water. Really? Yeah. Um, so they're working on cleaning up their water, but um, there's a lot of stuff in tap water that you might not be aware of. Well, I mean, our water comes, one, from underwater, underground water sources. Like, mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that that would include drainage, right? rainwater, runoff. Mm-hmm. A lot of places source their water from rivers, which you never know. I mean... You never know what could be in a river. Right. So, um, arsenic, we all know that's a bad thing. Yeah, you hear arsenic, you're like, hmm, I don't want to ingest that. Yeah, I mean, that's how people try to murder people. Murder. Murder. (laughs) But the level of arsenic in U.S. tap water is incredibly high. Really? That's crazy. It's a poisonous element, a powerful carcinogenic, and it's been linked to an increased risk of development of several types of cancer. So in 2001, the EPA lowered the maximum level of arsenic permitted in drinking water (laughs) from 50 UG per liter to 10 UGs per liter. Micrograms. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Which, uh, yeah, I have a... Thing which is basically like 0.01 parts per million, and this this puts it in like equivalent to about one drop of chocolate in fourteen gallons of milk, just to kind of put it right, into context. In so like a, a drop of chocolate in fourteen gallons of milk. So, but I I just the phrase lowered the maximum level 
permitted is just like why is there any <laughs> level yeah, of it kind of freaks me out well it's almost like in different food manufacturers it's impossible to completely to eradicate yeah. and so they have to go and i know they do metrics like with what risk are they willing to take which is basically right. like i mean they're doing math but they're doing it with people's lives like okay well we're risking yeah, exactly. x amount of people dying <laughs> based on this level and we find that an acceptable level That's of people to die yeah it's like wow you're paying playing fast and loose with lives here but I guess in the general scheme, they have to be like, well, otherwise we wouldn't be able to provide any water at all. And that makes sense. Well, the Natural Resources Defense Council estimates as many as 56 million Americans living in um, 25 states drink water with arsenic at unsafe levels. Interesting. Well, something else in the water is aluminum. Aluminium. And you may have heard how aluminum increases your risk for Alzheimer's disease. But it's um, the aluminum found in your municipal water supply can cause a wide variety of health problems. It's been linked to hyperactivity, learning disabilities in children, gastrointestinal disease, skin problems, Parkinson's, and liver disease. Yowza. And then um, fluoride. And there's a lot of mixed um, opinions about fluoride. Well, don't they add it to some water specifically? They add it to most water, yeah. Uh, like it started way back when dental health was really bad and they started putting fluoride in the water because they thought it would help. It doesn't. <laughs> but there's a recent study done on children in India that shows fluoride is anything but a cavity fighter. It actually um, leads to an increased risk of cavities. So, mm. And I don't know. I think also there isn't necessarily a link between ingesting fluoride Versus actually applying it directly to your, to your teeth. teeth. Right. So when you go to the dentist, you know, they'll like paint the fluoride on. Yeah. I remember when we were kids, I don't know if they do the little trays and yes. they would put that like fluoride paste and you'd have to sit there with the trays. Yes. Oh, it was the worst day of school. Now they were more advanced and they just like paint it directly on your teeth and yeah. then you can go about your day. Yeah. But yeah, and I remember you couldn't eat or drink anything for, for like 30, 30 minutes, minutes afterwards. <laughs> and yeah. now they're like, oh, we're going to paint this on and you can just do whatever you want to do. Yeah, I mean, I even get fluoride-free toothpaste. I'm a, I'm on the opposite end. I don't like the fluoride. You don't like the fluoride? Well, I don't go to the dentist anymore. I'm poor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, something that you might not think about that can be in your tap water is prescription and over-the-counter drugs. And, you know, it's funny because once you say it, it's like, oh, yeah. of course there's a possibility for mm-hmm. that in my water. Because where do we dispose of unwanted pills as well as metabolite byproducts of the pills for Mm -hmm. anything that's been broken down or... Yeah. So there's drugs, you know, in the water that were never supposed to be, you know... Combined. Combined. If you have any kind of drug allergy, it could be in your water. You know, you just don't know. So all of these things really lead us to go, okay, maybe we should not be drinking straight tap water. I found a couple other things too. One being radon, mm-hmm. which was interesting because it's a naturally occurring radioactive gas. So it could be in our water. Yep. And the Center for Disease Control estimates that 30 to 1,800 deaths per year are attributed to radon from household water. And they also have an acceptable amount of radon in our water, which is like 4,000 PCI per liter. 
which are picocuries, which I don't know actually the unit of measurement that a picocurie is. Um, And then also lead. Natural lead deposits can erode into a water supply. Well, and we know that they use chlorine to disinfect the water. So there's some disinfection byproducts also in the Mm. water. Um, And while chlorine is thought to be safe, you know, not super good for you, but it's thought to be safe to ingest. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like people are drinking pool water. Right. <laughs> I would feel anything with the chlorine smell, it's like, ooh, I yeah. don't, it just smells well, chemically. You can, you can definitely taste chlorine in, in some tap water. It just depends on how recently it's been chlorinated. <laughs> yeah. I can, I, I mean, and we'll get into filters, but I always filter my water because I taste a difference. Yeah, I can definitely taste Between straight out of the top versus mm-hmm. when I use my filter. Yeah. So, but. you know, seeing all of this, you, you might assume, okay, so bottled water is the way to go, right? But I also learned that 40% of bottled water is bottled tap water. That blows my mind. I know. So they're basically just taking the bottles mm-hmm. straight to the tap, filling them up, and yep. you're buying them money when you it. could just be going straight to your sink yeah. and drinking the same water. Okay, so there's a couple studies presented to members of Congress um, just talking about the difference in tap water versus bottled water regulation. And so consumers are provided with test results every year on their tap water. But the bottled water industry is not um, required to disclose the results of any contaminant testing that it conduct it conducts. I don't I don't understand the logic behind that. Right, I know. Like, shouldn't consumers be able to be aware of what the contaminant level in their water is, what that they're I mean, purchasing? I would think so. <laughs> I mean, it says you know we all see the commercials, promotional campaigns saturated with images of mountain springs and prices nineteen hundred times the price of tap water. Nineteen hundred times. Yeah. So we're clearly led to believe, though, with the commercials, the price that that we're buying a product that's been purified, right, to a better level than just drinking our tap water. Now, I and I will say, I assumed all bottled water was filtered. Right. Or processed in some way. I mean, that's that should be the assumption. I mean, I just feel like, oh, this has been through some kind mm-hmm. of a purification process. Right. Not just put in a bottle for Not me. just <laughs> taken out to Grandma Susie's hose in the back. Right. So filled this, up. this study, you know, did a test on a couple of um, very various bottles of water, and they found chemicals like these big words that I have trouble saying, trihalomethanes. Lots of things. I'll just say like seven really big words. <laughs> and um, the person writing this says, hmm, sounds like a Twinkie. <laughs> but it said often the water tested from these bottles was indistinguishable from or inferior to regular unfiltered municipal water. Wow. Because municipal water is, I mean, well, I guess if it's all tap water. But plus two, depending on where the bottling plant is located. Mm-hmm. You may be getting worse tap water right. from a state that doesn't have certain processings that your state might have. So mm-hmm. you're buying water that's inferior to your own tap water out of your kitchen sink. Right. So this study also included assays for breast cancer cell proliferation. This was conducted at the University of Missouri, and one bottled water brand spurred a 78% increase in the growth of the breast cancer cells. Compared to the control, which only had 1,200. 
That's scary. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And this was in four days. Like created accelerated growth mm-hmm. in, in four just days. four days. Wow. Yeah. So then we're like, okay, well, maybe we shouldn't use bottled water. <laughs> so so now what? What do we do? You know, and that's not even talking about, you know, thinking about all of this bottled water. Like where are these... Oh, the environmental impact. Yeah, just where's the bottles going? Because, I mean, nowadays with everything becoming conveniently packaged and disposable, we are rapidly filling up our landfills, Mm -hmm. which are now becoming places in the ocean. That's right. We're literally creating landfills in our oceans. And, you know, you can recycle, but... Still. Not a lot of people are recycling. And at the rate and and the rate at which we are are consuming. consuming and disposing of, like... They can't keep up with right. the with the amount. Yeah, and I can't. I didn't print this out, but there was so it was. It took like ten years for a plastic bottle to start. Um, what's the word? Disintegrating. Decomposing. Decomposing. Yeah. So it's like years and years of this this and trash. I, I know now they're like using recycled plastics. They're using more biodegradable recycled, you yeah. know, products and things. But still, I mean, just. Tons and tons and tons. And I I can't... God, I wish I remember. There was some study where they said, like, how many times... If you lined up, like, all the bottles that one person consumes in a year, like yeah. someone that drinks yeah. bottled water on average, it would go around the world, like, so many times. That's crazy. Like, X amount of times. Yeah. But it, it was nuts. So, aside from the environmental impact, we have this health impact. So, we're like, okay. Right. So, now what? tap water... No. Bottled water, no. So then, of course, now that's why we get bombarded with all of these tons of modes of water treatment and purification available as a consumer. And, of course, each one being like, we're the best. We're the best, right. You should buy us. Um, And you hear a lot about reverse osmosis, Mm -hmm. which basically in normal osmosis, you're moving from... um, migrating from a weaker saline solution to a stronger saline solution to equalize the saline composition through mm-hmm. a membrane. Basically, reverse osmosis is forcing it the other direction, going from a more concentrated saline solution to, to a dilute. So okay. then you're basically left with a really high saline type solution and then a purified water solution. But the problem with that, it's really wasteful. Mm-hmm. Because to every three gallon, so for every one gallon of purified water produced, three gallons of water are wasted. Oh, wow. So you get one gallon, but then that's three gallons that that have been wasted. wasted. Hmm. And it extracts several contaminants from the water because basically contaminants like chlorine and volatile organic chemicals, because they're physically smaller in size than the water. Because basically the permeal membrane is done by size. So like yeah. whatever's bigger than the water can't go through the membrane. But whatever's smaller than the water, like the chlorine and the volatile organic chemicals, still go through the membrane. Oh, so you're not yeah, filtering yeah. those out. Yep. So you're still getting those in your pure filtered water. Yes. So they were like, okay, we'll try distillation. And this mm-hmm. has been known for a really long time. Obviously, you hear about people distilling alcoholic beverages and stuff. Right. But it uses a heat source to vaporize the water. Yes. So you're heating up the water. It's going, it's the condensed water is going through these tubes and then settling in a new reservoir. And basically, the contaminants don't 
boil off with the water because they keep right. it at yeah, this yeah. like specific constant temperature mm-hmm. and then the contaminants stay in the original container and they don't migrate with the steam over to the new container right yeah i mean this says like you can end up with water that's even more dangerous has even more dangerous contaminants than what you started with because it seeks to um balance itself by drawing minerals either right out of your body or out of the container it's stored in. Right. Because it's so pure. Right. That things will dissolve it has into to try it. To balance. Right. And again, an incredibly wasteful process. 80% of the water is discarded with contaminants. So one gallon of purified water for every five gallons wow. treated. Wow. So it's even worse yeah. than reverse osmosis. So water filters. So then you get into the filtration, which is began as early as 2000 BC in eastern in ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. So basically, you just use some kind of like a cloth or substance or product to basically you pour the water through it or over it. Yeah, and it seeps through said material into your reservoir. So it creates the least amount of waste. Mm-hmm. Like, you put in a gallon, you're going to get close to a gallon out of it. Right. Well, that's, that's better. It's not limited to type or size of contaminants because it depends on the product that you're running the water through. And they use a chemical absorption process. So, basically, the water's going through, and depending on what material you're using, it will attract out certain contaminants that will then yeah. bind to and stay with the filter material, and then the water goes through because the water doesn't get trapped by right. the filter. These, these are really popular. This is like the simplest, better you know, better choice right now is, is filtered water. Yeah. They're saying like this is the best way that consumers can control yeah. what kind of water they're consuming. But then, oh my gosh, you Google best water filtration Oh my god, I have a, I got so a much. list of let's see. 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 like 11 12 13 14. Yeah. I mean there there's a lot of different ones and like she said at the beginning like they all claim to be the best. How do you pick your water filtration? <laughs> yeah, it's difficult and I went on a number of different sites and just I have like a page and a half of describing the different processes, what they do and don't filter out, right. what things. Um, but we can just talk about some of the most common ones being the carbon or the activated carbon. Yes. And these are in your most, like, those pure filters, the Brita filters. Like, they're the little canisters. You put them in the pitcher. You pour your water through. And it chemically... So that's like what Carrie has. Yes, and she might have a carbon block because there's I also carbon, carbon blocks. Block. Yeah, yeah. So one of the the more the ones that have like the disposable fil- inside filters, they're the carbon activated carbon, um, like kind of like pods or whatever mm-hmm. that you put into the pitcher. Yes, and they are great in effectiveness, but some just remove chlorine, mm-hmm. which basically improves taste and other odor. Others do remove a wide range of contaminants, including asbestos, lead, mercury, those volatile organic chemicals. 
Um, but they're not effective at inorganic pollutants like the yeah. arsenic, the yep. fluoride, the hexavalent chromium, which was, what was that movie? Aaron Brockovich? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, nitrate, perchlorate. You, you kind of like, it's, it's a give and take. So you're getting rid right. of some things, but not everything. Right. So, I mean, ideally, we want a, we want a filtration system that offers a variety of of methods i feel like every single method is going to have a downfall Mm -hmm. (laughs) well and that's what um this one site was talking about you get into these really elaborate complex Mm -hmm. um filter systems that'll have like say it'll start out going through a carbon activated filter right then it will go that's actually the one recognized by the epa as the best available technology this says granular activated carbon is recognized by the EPA as the best available technology for the removal of organic chemicals. However, like you were just saying, that loose material inside can channel. The water creates pathways through the carbon material. Yeah, the inorganic particles. Right. So Hmm. some other ones may have that carbon-activated filter with a smaller or less intense... um, distillation and or reverse osmosis type of a membrane then some of them have like ion exchange filters they pass over a resin replaces undesirable ions with others that are more desirable so it's almost like a replacement type of a filter where it pulls out yeah i mean those are the most common types of like countertop filters or those ion exchange ozone filters Mm -hmm. killing bacteria and other microorganisms Often used in conjunction with other filtering technologies. So again, used in combo. UV filters. Yep. You don't need chemicals or additional heat to be effective. It's basically ultraviolet radiation. Destroying various bacteria. But I don't know how effective it would be against inorganic molecules again. Right. Like you're not going to. Well, so I have this um, aeroponic growing. You have it too. A tower garden aeroponic growing system. And so I want to put like. I don't want chlorinated water in the tower. And so they told me to put, like, fill up a bucket of water and I leave it out in the sun for, like, three days and that it will kill the chlorine. Right. So that would be a UV. That's cool. A natural UV filter Mm -hmm. because the natural UV rays are killing the chlorine. And they also have infrared filters. And they recommend... Um, this for if you live in a place that, that, you know, has like hard water, right? that you hear the difference, you know, soft water and hard water, which is basically all about lowering levels of calcium and magnesium. So harder waters, I guess, have high concentrations of calcium and magnesium. So in order to soften the water, you remove the calcium and magnesium. Right. So infrared and then water softeners. So you are looking at a lot of... A lot. Filter options. (laughs) But yeah, it looks like the carbon activated. I think the carbon block are considered the most effective. And although, and I was reading about cost too, because then you're looking at cost for these filters. Up front, I think the carbon block is more expensive than obviously you're going to go buy a Brita filter. But long-term use, you're not replacing that filter every month or how often you replace it uses. So in the long run, it ends up being more economical. So it's like an upfront investment versus long-term And that's the thing, too, when you're using those ones where you have to replace filters, like, you got to actually replace them. (laughs) Yeah, you have to remember. Well, that's like I was saying, I use a Brita filter, 
And I don't necessarily keep track of how many times I'm filling that bad boy up. So I just stick to like once a month because I drink, all I drink is water. Yeah. So I'm constantly filling up my water bottle from my Brita filtered water. And so I just stick to once a month. Now, you know, whether that's the number of uses I should be or shouldn't be, all I know is as long as I can't smell or taste chlorine, then it's good because I can't drink straight tap water because it tastes different to me. Right. Well, it tastes like chlorine for one. And I just use my straight filter that came in my fridge water. Um, but it does turn on a light when I need to change it. So I think So you get an indicator. I get an indicator. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, I change it exactly when the light turns on, but <laughs> Yeah. I need to. So Another really hot buzz topic, and we're going to get more into this in a future podcast, but we do want to briefly mention it, is talking about the pH of water. Yes. So you hear about drinking acidic water versus alkaline water. And there are even some like water ionizers that will make your water more alkaline or lower in acidity. Well, you see a lot of even, you can buy bottled alkaline water. Right. It's a big thing right now. So basically, something with a pH of 1 is very, very acidic. And something with a pH of 13 would be very alkaline. And they say normal drinking water is generally around neutral, near 7. But alkaline water has a pH of 8 or 9. So it's it's higher on the, the pH scale. And... There's been a lot of research into this. It's controversial. A lot of health professionals right. argue against it. A lot of health professionals argue for it. For it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mayo Clinic has said they have come out saying plain water is the best. Mostly because alkaline water, there is, it's not necessarily against it because of safety, but the health claims that are made about it, there's not scientific evidence back up, yeah. to back it up, to use it as a treatment for any health condition. Right. And there's so many marketing claims. And it's anytime something becomes new and hot and yeah, yeah, on yeah. people's minds, <laughs> it's like they maximize profit. Of course. Of so course. they're going to be like, it is the be-all, end-all solution for everything. Right. So... The one thing, though, about alkaline water is a lot of the minerals are removed. And so if you're drinking nothing but alkaline water, you may not be getting some of the minerals that you need. Right. Because that's another thing. If you filter out all the minerals, you know, some minerals do come from our water. Mm-hmm. And people actually can add mineral drops. Like, yeah. I know people that add mineral drops to their water of those healthy minerals, yeah, essential yeah. minerals that we need. Right. So we did our own fun little experiment, though. <laughs> we did. Where we compare the pH pH. of, we just did our tap water versus just the Brita filtered water Mm -hmm. versus a bottled water. water. And we found they were all different. They were, like all pretty extremely different. Yeah. So the tap water came out at about 7 to 7.5. Which is what they said. Yeah. So that's about right. That's about average around the neutral the bottled water was acidic mm-hmm. between 4.5 and 5. And the Brita filtered also was more acidic at um, 6. Yeah, 6, yeah. So interestingly, the filtration of the tap water created it to have some more acidity, mm-hmm. which was interesting. Yeah. And I don't know the exact... I'd have to look more into the mechanics of that as to why that is. Right. But there was a whole study done in the Journal of Dental Hygiene 
where they compared the pH values of all different kinds. They looked at like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 different bottled waters. And they ranged anywhere from a pH of 5 all the way up to a pH of 10. Now, that must be that was probably marketed as like an alkaline right, water. Right. But our experiment proved true because the particular brand of bottled water that we did the pH for came in line with what they found. With what they found. So mm, our experiment was accurate. <laughs> well, and this is um, an article by Dr. Mercola, but he says that the ideal pH of your water should be between 6.5 to 7.5. Okay. Because he's saying... Um, the distilled water is too acidic and alkaline water is too alkaline. We need that like more in Just the Just neutral? Yeah. Yeah. And see, the alkaline proponents say that it should be around 8 to 9. Right. And so they're – and they've done – there's been a few studies done. One, a Pharmaceutical Society of Japan journal, which was established in 1880. <laughs> I remember we were talking about that. Like So long ago. Scientific journals weren't back then. <laughs> It just um, seems like so, like, I don't know. In my mind, the 1800s, they weren't, like, writing. <laughs> writing articles. Yes, because Hippocrates never wrote oh, any no. of his experiments oh, down. <laughs> but they were looking at anti-obesity effects of alkaline-reduced water in mice. So these mice were fed high-fat diets and then fed, you know, alkaline water. And they were showing the ones that got the al- alkaline water had... Um, some anti-obesity effects, but this was in mice and it's a preliminary study they did over the course of 12 weeks. And I couldn't find the number of mice that they used. It said it nowhere in the article, Hmm. which was surprising to me. So it could have been done on like three mice per group, one (laughs) mice. Um, and there was another study from the annals of autology, rhinology, and laryngology, which is basically ear, nose, throat, I believe. Yes. Um, that alkaline water could be used an adjunct to the treatment of reflux disease Hmm. because if you you know you're really acidic that it helped i guess neutralize your your uh, digestional tract and helps neutralize the pepsin in your acid reflux situation okay so there was there's a couple a couple studies that are looking at positive effects of the alkaline water um but not substantial enough evidence that most health proponents are saying to go out and you have to buy alkaline water or you have to get some kind of ionizer to alkalinize your water like and all of these tv celebrities and tv doctors and all that stuff are really pushing alkaline water right now there's even yeah famous people that have their own line of bottled alkaline water now Mm -hmm. (laughs) that are you know basically saying this is again this is the thing this is is what's going to turn your health around and (laughs) if you're not drinking alkaline water you're in danger right right like you know and again we'll get into all of that but you know can we and we'll answer this hopefully it's a a future podcast can we really affect our internal ph right as much as they're claiming yeah, yeah. with just water consumption. Right. Like, are we really going to all of a sudden turn, turn our bodies toxic by drinking water that, you know, yeah, we've consumed for how many years? <laughs> so many years. Well, and that's something, like, Dr. Mercola, I go back to him. Um, he says, like, obviously, like, living water. Like, we, we've been drinking, like, living water for a long time, but... Most of us don't get that anymore. So what he's talking about is like actual like 
mountain spring water that's like you know living and it's at the bottom of a mountain and it's got all this amazing natural minerals yeah um gravity fed spring water it's alive in much the same way as like eating like raw organic you know produce but um you know, most of us just, you know, you'd have to go bottle your own spring water, and most of us don't do that. Um, my, you have to go hike up to some mountain spring somewhere. Well, it's funny, because my f- best friend, a uh, long time ago, she dated this guy who did. He went and bottled spring water himself. And so I looked up, and you can actually um, go to findaspring.com, and you can find a spring that's near you and go bottle your own spring water. Really, I'm surprised they don't charge a fee for that, considering they try to capitalize on everything. (laughs) And if you pay a yearly subscription, you can bottle as much water as you want from this spring. (laughs) Oh my God. That's what he says. The best part is that most of these spring water sources are free. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I grew up on well water. Yeah. I mean, that's another living water. I don't know. I wonder how many places now are still on well water. I know several people that still use well. I think they used to be much more common than they yeah. are now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because I don't ever remember, we never had filters. We never used right, a filter growing up. We just well. did the well water. And I, I would imagine that it has more minerals. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's in the ground. But it, because it doesn't go through the municipal treatment right. facilities exactly. like other water does. So then, you know, how much runoff are you getting? Like of that, right. like pharmaceutical runoff yeah, and exactly. contaminants. And especially now, I mean, our, our environment is becoming more toxic. More and more is being put into our soils, into our waters, into just our general environment. So it might be a little bit different than it was 30 years ago. Well, and that's what this article was saying, too. You know, water, it drains through landfills, so it's got a leach rate, Mm -hmm. you know, and eventually ends up in rivers. And not all states source their water from rivers, but most of them do. So we're all getting that You don't think about that, you know, when you're just drinking something out of the tap like you don't think about where, where did this start from. yeah what did what journey has this gone through and like I always used to get grossed out so you know people that go camping and they have these straws these amazing filter straws yeah where you basically can take that. this straw put it in the muckiest grossest looking puddle of water yeah. and drink through the straw like you would just a clean yeah. glass of water and what gets to you is clean water that would gross me out. I don't <laughs> right. think that I could, but yeah. in a, in a, in essence, that's what I'm doing. It's just a much longer process, yeah, and I don't, don't see, see where it, it starts. <laughs> exactly. Like I don't see the beginning, right? But and that kind of helps us to put it into perspective because the worldwide statistics are pretty grim, where 780 million people do not have access to improved water sources. Right. Basically pure drinkable water. Sanit, you know, sanitary yeah, water. That's a huge issue. And the World Health Organization estimates 3.4 million people, mostly children, die every year from water-related diseases. That's so sad. And we're over here like, um, should we get Fiji water? Should we do filtered? What kind of filter? <laughs> should I do bottled or not bottled? Tap water right. refrigerator. So just to keep it in perspective yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit that, you know, here we are, you know, we get to count our blessings. We do. If you're listening to this podcast, most likely you have, you could go to your sink right now. Yep, get water. Get a cup of water and drink it and be yep. refreshed and nourished and fine. Because at least, you know, with all the problems of of our tap water, at least they are trying. They're trying to give us good 
drinking water. Right. The fact that we can go and have san- sanitary water yes. directly to us, easily accessible. In within, our home that we live in. Right? And anywhere we go, you can go to a water fountain. Like, yes. we have it everywhere. And there are some people that they can't, like, can't, can't get, it. get it. So, I mean, think about in that situation, are they drinking that dirty puddle of water? Yeah, some of them are. You know, and then they're getting all these bacterial Dysentery, infections. Yeah. They're getting diarrheal diseases. Like, the yeah. incidence of children death from diarrhea is huge, huge. in third world countries. Yeah. And there's so many organizations where you can help provide clean drinking water. Mm-hmm. Um, I love I love those causes because <laughs> we take it so for granted as we're sitting here, yeah, discussing. So, and look into that. If you're... And when I'm not saying don't go and buy our bottled water. I'm, I'm not judging on your water lifestyle. Right. But, you know, maybe for the cost of buying a case of bottled water, you, you could, could donate, donate yep. to an organization that provides clean water for someone that doesn't have any at all. Yeah. And you're I love that. vastly improving your environmental footprint Absolutely. as well. So anything we can do to help improve. Now I want to go donate to. I know. Let's do it. To some water <laughs> water causes and yeah. maybe we could even put a link. Yeah. To on that. our on our um on our blog where you some of these organizations yeah. where you can go and help donate to Absolutely. healthy water for people that don't mm-hmm. have access. Yep. So bottom line though, yes, drink your water. Drink your water. Drink your water. Always do that and as we nitpick around what, you know, filter we should use and everything. Right. Overall, you know, we, I think whether you drink it from the tap yeah. or through some filter, you're, you're doing better than, than most of the world. A lot of the world. Yeah. So be grateful for the water you drink today. Go take a big, yep. big guzzle. Do and it right now. Drink some water. Just drink some water right now. I'm going to drink some water right now. Can you hear my water bottle? All right. I'm opening my water bottle. There we go. <laughs> guzzle. That's good stuff. Keep it clean. We should have been funnier.